Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org. Number six. Then he, the Lord, answered and spoke unto me, saying, This is the word of the Lord unto Zerubbabel, saying, It's not by might, meaning it's not by your strength, it's not by your ability, but it's by my spirit, says the Lord. Amen? That ought, that ought to help you right there. No matter what you're facing right now, amen. You don't have to face it in your own strength your own power, your own ability, God said, I'm going to do this thing. This is going to be done by my spirit, not by your own strength. Verse number 7, he says, in response to this great big obstacle that stood in Zerubbabel's way, who art thou, O great mountain? Right now, before I go any further, some of you are facing some things that have knocked you down and pushed you down, and you are to cop an attitude right now and just tell it, who do you think you are? Ooh, I like the emphasis that come from over here. Amen? Who do you think you... See, you got to turn this thing. He'll make you think you're the lesser and he's the greater. You remember when David come out to fight the giant? Remember what he said? That's it. He was plumb insulted that this thing would treat him this way. Are you listening to me this morning? You ought to get plumb angry that this thing is trying to dominate your mind, your heart, your life, your attitude, just trying to rob you of your joy. He said, uh, and he called it a great mountain. This wasn't no molehill. Who do you think you are, oh great mountain, coming before me? For you shall become a plain. I'm preaching already. Y'all just waiting on me to preach. I'm preaching. I'm 100 100 miles an hour, amen. So now not only are you telling your problem, who do you think you are? Now you're prophesying what's going to happen to you. Go ahead. Prophesy. You you say, I'm not a prophet. A prophet's supposed to be up here saying, thus saith the Lord. No, you missed it. To prophesy means just say what God said, and God said your problem is finna become smooth. I don't even know if y'all receive that this morning. You shall become a plain, and he shall bring forth the headstone with shoutings crying, Grace, grace unto it. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 7. This is part two of a series, so I got to go back and tie this text together. Amen. If you don't want to go there, look at the screen. Did I just lose sound? I just lost something. Can y'all hear me? Going in and out? If it gets too bad, tell me. I'll grab another mic. 2 Corinthians chapter number 12, verse number 7 says, Paul said, And lest I should be exalted above measure through the abundance of revelations... There was given unto me a thorn in the flesh. Somebody say, thank God for the gifts of God. Sometimes gifts comes in ways you don't even recognize. Maybe he had to put something heavy on you to keep you from drifting too high. Oh, oh. 
There was given unto me a thorn in the flesh, the messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I should be exalted above measure. And for this thing that was plaguing me, I prayed three times that it may depart from me. And then God spoke to me and said, my grace is sufficient for thee. For, somebody shout for. It's very important. For my strength is made perfect in weakness. Most gladly, therefore, will I rather glory in my infirmities that the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in necessities, in persecutions, and in distresses, for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then am I strong. Let's pray together. Father, thank you. I just feel like you're so close to us right now, Lord. God, we just thank you for the miracles that we've done manifest, uh, seen manifest in this building this morning. But now, Lord, we ask you for your anointing to preach and the anointing to receive what heaven has to say today. So, Lord, we just invite you into this portion of service, praying that it be led by your spirit, and we leave here the richer for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. On your way to your seat, look at somebody and tell them, shout grace. Shout grace. Last week, we started a message that we titled, God will provide, comma, the grace. God will provide the grace. And if you're new here, that's on podcast. You can go and watch that sermon. We're getting calls from a lot of different places that it's, it's been an inspiration to people. So you may want to listen to that. But we learned last week that in the statement God made to Paul that when he said, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. That the for, are y'all going to follow me this morning? That the for is a prepositional conjunction, which means the word for is establishing a relationship with or it's connecting two objects. And the objects, of course, is grace and strength. Amen? Somebody say it with me. Grace and strength. Strength comes from a Greek word, which is dunamis. I love you, girl. Good to see you here this morning with that precious little child. Let's give the Lord a hand praise for this brand new little baby over here. Kristen's. I seen him in the store the other day. He's beautiful. So he said, my grace, the object is grace and strength. And strength is the Greek word dunamis, which means power, ability, and force. My grace is sufficient for you for my power, my ability, my strength is more than enough. That's a good place for you to say thank you, Jesus. So by God's own word, grace and strength are connected. By God's own word. And some of your Bibles who have different translations, the word for ain't even in there. It just interchanges them like you're supposed to know it. Is that the Bible you got? It just interchanges. He goes from grace and strength or he'll use strength and grace. It's just all together because these two words are synonymous. 
So the scripture uh, literally could have said, my strength is sufficient for you, for my grace is made perfect through your weakness. Are you following me? We're going somewhere. Amen. Then God goes on to reveal a revelation that I'm afraid that the Western church has failed to comprehend. And that is that this grace, this power, this ability, the supernatural divine strength of God, amen, that comes from God is only accessed through my weakness. Grace, the supernatural strength and ability of God only has access to me through the door of my frailties through my inabilities and my impossibilities. Then, then Paul goes on to begin to reveal some of these frailties. He begins to reveal some of these uh, inabilities and extreme difficulties. He said, therefore, based on the fact that I now know that the only time grace can be manifested in my life is when I'm at the end of my rope. The only time grace can be manifested is when I'm at the end of my strength. The only time the strength of God is even needed is when I don't have the strength to do it on my own. Can I get a witness? So he begins to, to, to begin to name some of the weaknesses and, 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 and inabilities in his life. He said, therefore, I take pleasure in infirmity. Infirmity here literally means sickness and frailty. He said, I take pleasure in my sickness because I know it's a door of opportunity for the grace of God to be manifested in my life. He didn't stop there. He said, I take pleasure in reproaches. Reproaches is insult, injury, harm. Am I talking to anybody in this place this morning? Or someone has insulted you, injured you, harmed you, amen, whether it was directly or indirectly. Paul said, I take pleasure in these in insults in my life because I understand it's the door of opportunity for the grace of God to be manifested in my life. Is anybody listening to me? You're changing everything now. We're changing it from I'm a victim of my opposition to I am standing in a perfect opportunity for the grace of God to be manifested in my life. No wonder the Bible says, bless those who persecute you, amen. You ought to be pulling out a 20 and giving it to them. Boy, that didn't work. Huh? I just want to thank you, sir, because you have just put me in a position that the grace of God can be manifested in my life right now. Amen. And you want me to revile against you, but there is a grace in me to love you in spite of who you are and what you are. You want to bind me up with unforgiveness, but guess what? This is a great opportunity for the grace of forgiveness to fill my life that I can operate just like Jesus. Thank you. Thank you for your, oh, are y'all listening to me? Thank you, thank you, thank you. You just set me up to see God. He didn't stop there. He said, I want to, I want to stop, Paul said, and testify. I want to praise God for my necessities. That's what he said in this scripture. Necessities is basic needs required to live from day to day. It don't mean, amen, that, that Paul only had one big screen TV and he was depressed over it. Boy, y'all going to sit on me today. I don't care. I'm just going to preach. Y'all going to sit on me. Huh? Yeah. 
It don't mean that he couldn't find the remote control and it was just a bad day. Paul said, I want to praise God right in the midst of, I don't know where my next meal's coming from. My icebox is running empty. There ain't no food in my cabinet. I'm just being real. God said, I, I mean, he said, I got to stop right now and testify while we sat here and be oppressed and depressed. He said, hold, hold it, preacher, hold it. He's standing up. I can see him. He's standing up in church right now. I got a testimony. I got a testimony. I got to praise God because I have found myself in a place that the grace of God God is about to be made manifest in my life. Can y'all wrap your mind around what I'm talking about this morning? We feel like we ain't got no testimony if God ain't jumping through hoops and, and, and thank you. Amen. We feel like we ain't got nothing. I thought Josh was going to preach my message. Amen. We ain't got nothing to praise God about. Amen. If I stop and start analyzing my situation, I can't find no reason to praise God. Paul had an understanding. He said, I'm going to praise God because now I'm standing in the perfect place. I'm going to see the grace of God because I can't do it. Woo, Jesus. I can't get me out of this. He didn't stop there. He said, I don't thank God uh, for my persecutions. That's hostility or ill treatment. Man, he's just taking it too far right here. You hear me? I just want to thank God. I glory. I take great pleasure when people are being hostile to me and they're treating me bad and they're treating me wrong. He said, because when I'm in that situation, I'm standing. It is a door of opportunity for God's grace to be manifested in my life. Then he went from persecution to distress. Distress means anguish, pressure, extreme lack of resources. Anybody under any pressure in this place this morning? Huh? And it may not be from a lack of resources. It may be, and it may be, it may be pressure because of situations and circumstances. Amen. Uh, uh, some of you raised your hand and some of you lied. So I want to preach to both of you. Amen. <laughs> I'm just saying, huh? Amen. Uh, that you're under pressure this morning because whether it's relational pressure, a financial pressure, amen, uh, whatever the pre mental pressure, spiritual pressure, amen. Paul said, I'm going to glory in my distresses because when I'm under pressure and I can't stand up under it any longer, the grace of God is about to be administered in my life to enable me. So I just come to help somebody this morning. What do you do when God don't? What do you do when God says, I'm not moving anything? Paul said, I just stepped back and realized if he ain't going to take it away from me, he's giving me a grace to rock, walk right through the middle of it. And I'm going to praise God. I feel something in this building. I'm going to praise God that I may not have the money, but I got the grace. I may not have the healing, but I got the grace. I may not have the strength, but I got the grace. Somebody ought to shout grace in this place this morning. Oh my God, I feel like preaching. So quit feeling sorry for yourself for what you don't have and start praising God for what you do have. You got a grace. And what is grace? Huh? Come on. That's right. Answer. Don't be embarrassed. Bobby, I know you're shy. <laughs> You don't speak well in front of people, but speak it out. What is grace? 
What is grace? Well, we just learned grace is the supernatural power and the ability of God. And it has no room in my life except on the platform of weakness. And when I realized that, I quit testifying. Y'all don't help me. I'm just going to be discouraged. Paul said, these things are a blessing and I embrace them. Because they give God the opportunity to show himself strong in my life. Now, go with me this morning. I'm trying to just be cool this morning and calm. And it probably ain't going to last long, so stay with me. It's hard for us to wrap our minds around this revelation. We, t- we tend to see all these things as adversarial. And the reason we have such a hard time wrapping our minds around this revelation I'm sharing with you right now, amen, is because we don't know what it means to be blessed. The Western culture has created a a mindset that has robbed the church of revelation of what it means to be blessed. We connect the blessing with convenience and comfort. We connect the blessing with financial stability. We, we define the blessing as a life of ease, a life that is devoid of and, and untouched by hardship and difficulty. Amen? Our, our blessings are tied to our stuff. In, in the Western world, our blessing is tied to our, our, our health. It's tied to our circumstances. And Paul dealt with this mindset in 1 Timothy. Amen. Look look at this with me on the screen. 1 Timothy 6, 5 through 10. He said, Perverse disputings of men of corrupt minds and destitute of the truth, supposing that gain is godliness. He said, man, you're in error. You're in error how you're thinking, supposing that profitability and ease is a sign of godliness in your life. He said, from such, withdraw yourself. Don't buy into that lie. But godliness with contentment is what's great gain. Huh? For we brought nothing in this world, and you ain't taking nothing out. Amen. Freddie's always singing that song to me. I ain't never seen a hearse with a trailer hitch. There ain't going to be no U-Haul trailer. Oh, are y'all okay this morning? Ain't going to be no U-Haul trailer on your hearse when they hauling you to the graveyard. You didn't bring nothing in this world, and you ain't going to take nothing out of this world. Paul said, I don't know what this doctrine is that you you fell for, amen, that if everything's going your way, you must be godly and good and blessed and profitable. He said, you need to to withdraw from that, amen, and remember, the only thing that is profitable is godliness. Amen. Amen. So I would encourage all you parents and grandparents, if you got it, spend it before you die because they're going to blow it. Oh, y'all ought to write that down. Uh, if you got anything, hock it, sell it, spend it, enjoy it because them kids are going to. Oh, he's preaching now. Are you listening to me? No, I'll behave. That's not scriptural. 
But it's true, whoever said that. <laughs> Give me some more word. And having food and clothes, let us therewith be content. Golly, this stuff's in the Bible. And, and I was amazed at what the word content means. Content literally means to ward off. It literally means to build a strong wall of resistance. Content. So in other words, contentment would ward off depression. Let me try this bunch. Y'all ain't responding. Contentment, amen, in your situation, in spite of how bad it is, is a strength. The other word is strength, amen. It is a strength in your situation, amen, that says, you know what? God is more than enough. And his grace is sufficient. So all of a sudden, you built a wall that stops depression from coming in your life. I'm preaching now, and oppression from coming in your life. And instead of murmuring and complaining and crying and being devastated over what I don't have, I'm going to be content in what I do have. Oh, I'm helping somebody in this place. And as a result, it builds a wall around me, and the devil can't come in and get my joy and my peace. No wonder he said contentment. Godliness with contentment is great gain. He said, so if you got food and clothes, you ought to be content. I know some people who don't. Sure do. Take you to them. If you got that, you ought to be praising God. But they that desire and want to be rich, he didn't say it was a sin to be rich, but they that will, will be rich, they fall into temptation and snare and into many foolish and hurtful lusts which drowns men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money, not money, the love of money is the very root of all evil. And can I tell you, you don't have to have money for it to have a root in you. Oh, so you better get a hold of that. Huh? But you gotta, you gotta have, be so passionate about it that it is your God that if you had it, you would be better off. That means it's your God. Oh, I don't know if y'all getting that or not. Amen. So you'll sit there and say, Well, I ain't gotta worry about that root. I ain't got enough money for a seed to die there. Can I get a witness? That's why I said, amen. So it, it ain't the possession of money that it can get you. It's when the money can possess you. Whether you have it or don't have it is irrelevant. And, and this is what happens. For the love of money is the root of all evil, which after some have coveted after, and they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves. Somebody say themselves. Huh? Not the devil pierced them. They pierce themselves with many sorrows. Sometimes we are our world's worst enemy. Amen? Because we can't be content in whatever state we're in. Oh, my God, this is just too, I, I didn't want to stop right here. Amen. We're always wanting a bigger house, a better house, or a better car. Y'all might well just nod your head because I'm preaching to 100% of people in this church. Amen. What we got ain't never good enough, and we always wanting something else. When someone else gets something better than us, we get plumb mad. Hmm? Amen. I tell you what, me, I don't get mad. I feel sorry for you. Ooh. 
I know that can't come with a note. Driving around that big fine car. Come look at my car and smell of this new. Get this new smell. You know what I smell? Debt. Oh, God, in the name of Jesus, I repeat. Huh? Amen. We pierce ourselves through because we can't be content. We are victims of our culture. We are victims of the Western world. You ain't going to say nothing, but I'm going to preach it anyway. Amen. We think that God owes us more than he owes us. We think we're supposed to have all this stuff so that I don't have to pray, God, give me today my daily bread. Tomorrow we'll work on tomorrow. It's a mindset that's destroying us, and as a result, because we think the blessing is tied to our stuff, if the blessing ain't there, we err in the faith, and we start saying, God, where are you? Oh, my God, he's teaching this morning, and we start, because we tied it all together, and we thought if God was good, then I would have all my needs met. I wouldn't have no pain in my body, no sickness, no adversary in my life. So as a result of a wrong mindset, we have erred from the truth and we pierce ourselves. The devil ain't got to destroy us. We will destroy ourselves. Because we have connected the blessing with convenience. We've connected the blessing with comfort and ease. And when these things are absent, we begin to get angry with God. Paul said, Timothy... You have erred believing that profitability, comfort, and convenience is a reflection of being blessed. Mm. He said, godliness with contentment is what's profitable. And then Paul wrote these powerful scriptures. Go with me. Give us Philippians 4 and 11. 4 and 11 through 13 if you're taking notes. Paul says, not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned and whatsoever, somebody shout whatsoever. Whatsoever state I'm in, therewith to be. And the word learned actually means to acquire knowledge by practicing and experiencing. You'll never learn how to be in content with lack until you have to do without. Oh, my God, help me, Holy Spirit. Oh, yeah, we don't want to get to this place. And we'll rebuke the enemy, and we'll rebuke the very thing that God may be bringing to our lives to put us in a season to experience the grace of God on a level that we've never been able to experience. Huh? Is anybody in this building? Amen. So Paul said, I have learned in whatever state that is, I'm going to be content, meaning I'm going to raise up a barrier that oppression and depression is not going to get to me while I'm in this state. It's going to be my strength. I've learned in whatsoever state I, uh, to be content. I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I'm instructed both to be full and to be. Did, are y'all with me this morning? Did he just say that? Now, if he's a man of power and of faith, amen, why is he going hungry? If he can heal the sick and raise the dead, if he can write two-thirds of the New Testament, amen, if Paul, amen, can operate on that level, why is he going hungry? Are y'all listening to me? Well, obviously, it's not because he's not blessed. It's not because he don't have faith. 
It's not because he's not powerful in the Lord. Amen. He learned that God was giving him an opportunity to expand his ministry. Amen. Because some of us, amen, are not even qualified for certain levels of ministry because we can't operate in areas that God wants you to reach. Amen. Because until you're able to minister to the man with no bread, you got to be able to say, hey, I remember a time when I had no bread. Is that all right? Amen. We, 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 we don't want to have sickness come our way or opposition to come our way. Amen. We don't want relational difficulties to come our way when in reality, God may be just preparing you to expand your ministry. Amen. So, amen. So before you kill your wife, before you knock your husband in the head, you might ought to stop and say, wait a minute. He might be an object of ministry that God is trying to expand my ministry. Amen. And teach me that his grace is sufficient when he goes crazy or she goes crazy or your kids go crazy. Ought to get a big amen right there. Amen. Somebody shout, I'll be content. Look, look what he went on to say. He said, I, can you squit, split that up? That's just too much for me. My little mind can't give me one. Give me, ah, oh, thank you. I know how to be abased. I know how to abound. Everywhere in all things, I'm instructed to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and suffer need. Paul said, I know how to do both. And look at this scripture. I can do. Oh, somebody quote that scripture now. I can do through which. Now, there's that word strengthen again. And strengthen is the first cousin to what? Oh, you are a good class. Amen. So literally, this scripture said, I can be hungry. Amen. Because I got a grace to be able to go hungry and to still know that I'm standing in a place to give glory to God. I can do it all. I can abound and I can be abased. I can be on top. Is anybody in this place? Or I can be on the bottom. Amen. I have a grace. Amen. That when I win the battle, I praise God. But I also got a grace when I lose a battle. I still got the ability to praise God. Somebody shout, I can do all things. I have a grace. Amen. Some of you do better broke. Can I go there? Yeah, yeah. Some of you have more grace to be broke than you do to have money. Because if some of you had more money, you wouldn't be here today. Oh, he is shit. Let me get out. Easy there. Let me get out here and look at y'all, huh? Amen. You want God to bless you financially, and the only reason you're here this morning is because you can't afford no boat. Hmm? Yeah. Because, I mean, my Lord, you work six days a week, and if you got a boat, you got to use it on Sunday. God understands that I can just pray while I cast. Uh, uh, he's preaching now. He's, he's preaching right now. Amen. Some of us have a greater grace to be broke than we do to be financially secure because we start piercing ourselves with all kind of extra responsibilities and 
My God, where do you get this kind of stuff on a Sunday morning? Amen. We're going to take up another offering. It's just, just too good a stuff for one offering this morning. Paul said, I know how to praise God when I got it. A lot of us forget God when we get it. Somebody give the Lord a hand, praise. Amen. Uh, and God has to keep us at a humble level, amen, because he said, humble yourself in the sight of the Lord and God will lift you up. But if you don't have the ability to humble yourself, God will have to do it. And he said, I got to keep you all pressed down, amen, because I can't give you nothing. You go crazy with it. <laughs> You go crazy when you start piercing yourself through, amen. My God, it's the American dream, <laughs> amen. And we think that our bills have to match our income. And the higher our, our income goes, the higher. Everybody else sitting back saying, man, I wish I was like them. They got all that stuff. They must have all that money. I got news for you. Most of them just got all that stuff. Godliness with contentment is profitable. Can I take this just a little further before I let you go? Paul said, God has given me the grace to be content. Oh, I believe in bettering yourself. I believe in moving forward. I believe in all that. But we've let this stuff come in, and we've tired our heart to it and our blessings to it. And when things start going wrong, we have a problem praising God. Paul said, God's given me a grace to be content in whatever state I'm in. Listen to this, because I learned that my blessing is in my position, not my prosperity. I'm going to say that again. My blessing is in my position, not in my prosperity. Amen. That's why you can walk in here on a Sunday morning, whether you're making $100,000 a year or $100 a month, amen, and realize my blessing is not tied into what I have. It's tied into who I am. Oh, my God. That's, that, that's, that's good right there. Amen. My, my blessing is a part of my position, and I don't lose my position when I lose my money. I'm still positioned in Christ, and my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. So you may be shouting over a new car, but I want a minute to shout because my name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Amen. Uh, 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 Paul, uh, the, the, Jesus gave the, the disciples power, and they went out, and every prayer got answered. Every demon got casted out. Demons were being scattered. The kingdom was being advanced. They came back to Jesus shouting. Said, oh, Jesus, you ain't going to believe it. Said, we've been casting out devils. They've been running from us. We are operating in the power and demonstration. And Jesus turned around and said, you missed it. You got it all wrong. He said, don't rejoice because you got power. Don't rejoice because you have authority. Don't rejoice because you have dominion. Don't rejoice because demons are subject to you. He said, but you ought to rejoice because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. Because if the devil don't come out, I'm still saved. Amen. Huh? I want to lay hands on him and cast the devil out. But if he don't come out, I ain't going in depression. Oh, my God, I want to lay hands on the sick and they be healed. But if they don't get healed, it does not affect my position. 
My name is written in the Lamb's book of life. Amen. I want to say a prayer that changes things in my house, that gets more food in my cabinets. We all do. Amen. And praise God, God will provide. But nevertheless, if it don't happen like I think it ought to happen, my blessing is not tied to it. My blessing is in my position, and my position is secure in my Christ. Oh, my God. Are y'all with me? Tell your neighbor right now, I can do all things by God's grace. I got grace to abound. I got grace to be abased. I got grace to be full. I got grace to suffer. Oh my God, are y'all listening to me? I got the grace to suffer lack and do without. I got the grace. Uh, uh, Paul said, matter of fact, I'm well pleased with all these difficulties because these are the only opportunities that God's grace can be revealed to me. The grace of God was not revealed in Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego until they got cast into the fire. Are y'all following me? Y'all remember that story? They was in bound up, amen. Uh, but the grace of God was not manifested until they got thrown into the fire and all of a sudden grace manifested so much that the enemy stood back and said, oh my God, that's, that's God I see in there, amen. So some of you are going through the fire right now, but I got news for you. The fire don't have the power to destroy you because you got a grace to walk in the fire. The only thing that can destroy you is the fear and the doubt that we find in the fire. So quit looking for doubt. Quit looking for it to destroy you and start looking for grace right in the midst of your situation. He is there. Amen. The grace of God wasn't even revealed to Daniel until he got thrown into the lion's den. And all of a sudden, can you imagine the confusion in the lion's mind? Now, I'm hungry, and you're sitting here, and I don't like you to begin with. The last joker they threw down here, I ate, but they something that will not allow me to eat you. Are, are y'all with me? So in other words, Daniel could have let the fear of the lion rob him of the grace that was being manifested. But instead, he realized if God allowed me in this situation, there is a grace in here to keep this thing from eating me up. So if you, amen, will learn to be content when that thing that's trying to destroy you is circling you, God has confused your enemy and he cannot destroy you. Somebody shout grace. You got to shout grace to your situation. You got to shout grace to that lion. You got to shout grace to that fiery furnace that is trying to destroy your life. There's a grace for it. Hear me. Come on. We got to have a mind shift right here. You're so, you're so uh, uh, being beaten up because God is not putting the fire out. How did I end up here? I pay my tithes. I go to church on Sunday morning. I shake the preacher's hand when I don't want to shake the preacher's hand. Uh-huh, who's that for? 
and here I am, and this thing's just circling me. Well, let me tell you what. It's going to circle, and it's going to keep circling, and it's going to keep circling. The All he's waiting on is for fear to come in and push grace out of your life. All he's waiting on is doubt to come in and push grace out of your life. Can I tell you, I don't know what you're going through, but 1 Corinthians 10, 13 says, there has no temptation taken you but such as is common unto man. But God is faithful who will not allow you to be, somebody catch this, God is faithful who will not allow you to be tempted above that which you are able to be at, to stand against. In other words, no matter how tough the temptation gets, there is a grace that is equivalent to and more than enough. Amen? But if you don't recognize it, you'll let fear push grace out. Amen? I'm telling you, I don't know where this false doctrine come from that you're going to sin every day. Or let me, let me rephrase that, that you have to sin every day. You might sin every day, I don't know. But don't tell me I have to because there's a grace, this scripture says, that is there to meet the demands of these circumstances that enables me to stand up against it. He said he will also make a way to escape that you may be able to bear it. So quit looking for failure and start looking for an exit. Well, that changes everything. You'll know you have embraced your problem when oppression and depression steps in, but you'll know you've embraced grace when right in the middle of your storm you're looking for a way out. Huh? I mean, I can see it right now, but there's a grace for me to get out of this. Huh? Somebody needs to help me preach. Shake your neighbor right there and tell them. There's a grace to help you get out of this. There's a grace that's going to bring you out to this. Amen. And God's grace is sufficient. It's more than enough. Amen. My God, come on, somebody shout it with me. Shout grace. grace. Shout grace. There's grace. grace for that situation that is threatening your mind. There's grace. Shout grace. grace. Okay, listen, let's, let's finish this up and get out here and go eat some lunch. Look at this text. He said, now when you come to shout grace, bring your headstone with you. All right? He said, bring the headstone. Now, we can preach this in two different ways, but this is what the Holy Spirit told me to tell you. He said, when, when you come, he said, first thing I want you to shout is you shall become a plane. You got to start telling your situation where your situation's finna go instead of your situation telling you where you finna go. Let me tell you what's finna happen to you, dude. Depression, oppression, relational problems, financial problems. You great big mountain that's standing in front of me right now. Let me tell you what's finna happen to you. You're finna become a plane. You're finna become a, a smooth place. And it says, when you're coming to shout grace, my text said, if you want to find that scripture in Zechariah, it says, and you shall bring forth the headstone when you come. All right? So in other words, I'm, 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 I'm convinced that today, there's going to be a funeral. Today, I'm going to lay to rest oppression in my life. I'm not, I'm, not just, I'm not just shouting grace to be charismatic. Amen. But I got a tombstone in my hand. 
Amen. I'm not just shouting it because the preacher's saying shout it. I got a tombstone in my hand, and today I'm burying addiction in my life. And I'm going to put a tomb. Today, I'm bearing oppression in my life. Today, I'm bearing unforgiveness in my life. Today, I'm going to bury worry and anxiety in my life, and I'm going to put up a headstone so when the enemy starts coming back to me and telling me I'm not healed, I'm going to take him right back to the place. Oh, my God. I'm going to take him right back and say, you see that tombstone? I buried you. You are dead in my life. You have no power in my life. You have no more dominion in my life. You have no more authority in my life. I have buried you, and I will not resurrect you. God, is anybody getting this teaching? Do all the shouting you want to. Amen. You got to have a tombstone under your arm this morning. <laughs> Amen. I didn't just go to church so people could see my new shoes today. Amen. I didn't just go to church just because I didn't have anything to do. I got something we're going to bury this morning. We're going to bury it this morning. And now you know that bearing a problem is not the fact that you see God change all the situations in circle. You got to bear it in your own mind and you got to bear it in your own heart. Is anybody getting this teaching before I quit? Amen. It ain't about situations and circumstances uh, until you can leave out of this building to say amen. Uh, and everybody's going to leave out with the exact same problems that you come in here with that were out there in the first place. They're going to hit you in the face when you go out. But now you got some ammunition when it hits you, you can look out and say, I'm blessed. Oh, I'm just blessed. I dare you high five somebody and tell them I am blessed. I am blessed. I am blessed. Amen. My God, you, they may have done turned your water off at the house, but you're going to high five all the way home and say, I'm blessed. I'm blessed because of my position, not my prosperity. Huh? I'm blessed. My God, I just got to get that in you. Amen. Help me, somebody. I'm blessed. I'm just blessed. Go ahead. Tell two or three people. Just get up. Walk around. Tell everybody. Come on. Stand to your feet. Come on. Come on. We got to break this right now. <laughs> Come on. Tell it. Tell them. I'm blessed. I'm just blessed. I'm just blessed. I'm just blessed. I'm blessed. I ain't got two nickels to rub together, but I'm so blessed. I'm just so blessed. Hey, 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 I'm blessed. Did I tell you I was blessed? Got to go get that boy surgery tomorrow, right? Tomorrow. But you know what? We're blessed. We're blessed. We're just so blessed. We're just so blessed. Did I tell y'all on this side? I'm blessed. Y'all blessed? Amen. Are you blessed? Why are you blessed? My God, I feel something breaking in this place. Because your name is written in the Lamb's Book of Life. You're blessed because you got a grace. You got a grace about you. Amen. You got a grace to be content in whatever state that you are in. So this is what you're doing, and I'm dismissing you with this. When you walk out of this building with a new attitude that I'm blessed, you start building a wall of protection. This woman here's blessed. She's still traveling. Tell them all. <laughs> Tell them all, ma'am. Do what? There you go. That's that's perfect. She was given one of them rocks. That's her. 
So, so my question to you is, are you going to be able to bear it? She just said she's got her headstone. Are you going to bear it today? Are you going to bear it right now? This state that I'm in, I have learned to be content. Being content with your situation is not embracing adversity in your life. It's creating an avenue for the grace of God to be manifested in the midst of your situation. Thank you for listening to Life Church Podcast. For more information, go to lifechurchofcolumbia.org.